Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day Sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. How you doing, everyone? Welcome back to the channel. Going to be going through a massive buy, hold, and sell video in this one. So settling in for the long run, hence the no single. It's a bit cold here in Sydney today, so sorry in advance for uh, not getting the guns out. But Kobe Hetherington is who we're starting off with as a clear buy for me. A few people have mentioned his previous scores. You know, if we're going to go off a, a little bit of last year's, you know, in, he's going to be getting bigger minutes, right? So if we look at his PPM this year, we look at his PPM last year, they're vastly different. And the other thing to think about with Kobe, if we're going to go straight off this year's scores, you've got obviously three here. You've got a 33 and 34 minutes, so pretty much a 1 PPM, a 43 and 37, so above a 1 PPM, and a 26 in 24, so just above as well. So if you basically just off those scores there, if you extrapolate that out over to like a 50 to 60 minute roll, you know, there's a great chance he takes over Carrigan's minutes this week, whether that's 60 or 70, you know, it could be that high, it could be a 55, you know, their bench isn't too crash hot in terms of big minute plays either. So I think that he could get somewhere close to like a, you know, he's got a career PBM of 0.8. So if he's getting 60 minutes there, then you're looking at score, you know, just under 50, which would be really, really solid. If you can get higher minutes than that, then a, a score over 50 would be even better. What we need to think about as well is, you know, I was very high on him in the preseason. And the reason I was, wasn't because of these scores last year. I, early on in the, um, in the preseason, I wasn't too crash hot on him. We have three, you know, we have a bunch of games that him at lock there, you know, 30-minute games, 50-minute games. And he scored okay, right? He's missing a few tackles. He's obviously, you know, cleaned that up a little bit too. If you look at his, you know, then he missed one tackle in three games. There's a few things to look at there. But my main point here is that, you know, in the trials as well is when, is when that really changed for me. He was scoring, you know, he was getting big minutes. He was getting, a, he had a hit a score of 50 in the trials. So, and that was just all through base. And I think that if you're looking at, you know, Hetherington or Cotter, you get Hetherington for 100K cheaper. You know, his break even's low at 24. 
he's you know priced really low as well. So if he can get anywhere close to 45 or 50 average, he's got 200 to 300k to make, and that's massive. Like you know, there's not many people that can you know, that you could bring in at the moment that could make that kind of cash. He's dual position. He's not going to break the bank. You know, he's owned by five and a half percent of teams at the moment. I, I expect that to, to rise a fair bit and Kobe to be in a lot more teams. And yes, I understand that his PPM wasn't as incredible in the back end of last year when he got all those opportunities. But I think he's, you know, being a player who's second year, he got a fair bit of, you know, a bit of a crack last year. He wasn't missing too many tackles, but two a game was kind of his standard. He's a bit more of a workhorse this year, you can see, with the 34 and 37 minutes. In his 50 plus minute games, he was getting around the same tackles, right? And you know his meters gained has been up as well. So yes, I understand that if he's going to be playing fifty to sixty minutes, he might slow that down a little bit. But if you you know extrapolate it out over that minutes, he's probably going to get a point eight to point nine kind of PPM and and do really well. So that's why I'm high on Kobe. I understand why you might not be, but you know that's just yeah my opinion. You can go along with that as well. So please subscribe, guys, if you're new. That would be great. All right. Now tell us our goaler. That's how I'm meant to say it. I've been told. Thank you for the help, guys. Um, but Sentai in the wing fullback duel at 220K, owned by a big percentage of teams. He was, always, he was actually owned by a big percentage in round one uh, when he got that interchange game. So he's got a two in there and he's got a 32 now. So his break even still not super low. So he's not someone that you need to get in right this second. But you know he's, he's been named a fullback position. There's a very, very, very high chance that he's going to be moved to the center or the wing. I think Garrick should be playing one. You know, um, Gola when he when he went and played um, in reserve grade, he didn't even play at fullback either. So I don't think that he's going <clears> to. <throat> I don't think he's going to um, get that position. I think there's going to be a shuffle. It's pretty easy just to go. All right, um, Trebojevic, you're out. Um, prop, prop Gola in there, and and then they can change it on game day. So just be aware that he might play center again. He did have a try assist. He had a line break assist. He had three tackle breaks and offload. Um, yeah, he did have a couple of errors, but good meters as well. So will he be able to do that again? Yeah, I, d- I don't think he's going to get like a 50 to 60 this week, right? They come up against a decent side in the night. So maybe against the Titans, uh, he'd be able to get a better score. So I think you can, if you're trying to get Cleary in, you could downgrade to him and go up to a Cleary. But if you're just looking to trade him in for the sake of it, or you think he's going to do really well, I don't think so. I think you can get a better score out of someone like Kobe. Uh, we'll speak about a few other guys going, you know, going forward. But I think um, not a complete priority. He might make it. He might make twenty, thirty k if he absolutely kills it. But he could get a twenty or thirty or a fifteen as well, uh, and then be like, "Ooh, maybe we don't have to pick him up straight away." But the the coverage there in the center wing fullback. If you're trading someone like Hamiso out, then bringing in Gula would be um, a great option straight up off the bat. So he's in there. Definitely no, not much downside with guy two twenty k. That's for sure. Who's going to be getting the spot for like four weeks at least? And then potentially, if he plays well, could keep the spot. Not Tom's, but the uh, one of the center boys, whether it's Harper or, or Parker there. Okay, Taylor May. So I, I think this is the last opportunity to get him. He has a negative break even still. They come up against the dogs. But you look at their run here, and it's like, oh, wow, how do you how do you not pick him up? Like, to, to sit there and not own him when he plays against Canterbury uh, and then the Broncos and Raiders and Titans there, that four-game stretch which then he'll probably lose his spot to to To'o. And then you've got, they've got Para, Melbourne uh, and Roosters over the next three. And then over that origin period, he should be playing some games. You've got the Cowboys, the Dogs again. Um, so there's a bunch of good opportunities for him to score well over the next few weeks anyway, until To'o comes back. So it looks like round eight approximately for him. So you're going to get round five, six, seven at least, which if he continues, you know, if he can score a try a game, let's say an average 40 over the next bunch, and he should be around 550K. That'll, that 40 average of the next three will get his um, get his rolling average to just under 50 there. 
and you know he'll be at least 550k. So I think um, Taylor, it's the last chance to get him. Uh, if you want, yeah, you don't want to pick him up at like 460k. It's a little bit too much. But 403, we can cop at this point. Um, just get him in. You should be able to play him this week against the Dogs in the center position. He's going to need dual position eventually. He'll play over the origin period, so I think you can hold him through that. Use him as a bit of a red dot over that next period, and if you have saved a lot of trades and when he gets traded out, you could possibly um, take him out of your side if you'd like to and use that cash generation you've got and potentially bring him back in later if you wanted to. But yeah, Talon, a great option, has had three games in first grade, one without a try, 42, and then you know a couple of tries in, in the last few. He's just a really, really solid player, and you've seen he got, one on, you know, he, got, he got through two defenders in one of those tries, which showed that he has some talent and would be a great option for your side. A guy I suggest as a buy, and I've suggested as a buy since the preseason, and thanks for you know recognizing that, guys, is Dylan Brown. So he was a 2.6% ownership until this week. He's a 3.8 now, slowly getting out of pod range. 29% of the top 100 on him, which is very interesting. 18% of the top 1,000, so 180 coaches there, which is which is cool. He's a 740K, break even 11. He'll probably get up to about the 760, 770. But just be aware with Dill, he is someone that, you know, over the years, generally averages around the 50 just above. This year, he's getting a few more attacking stats. He's obviously got a couple of tries this year. Oh, sorry, one try um, in, in round four there, but a couple, you know, plenty of tries this, in each game. And so this means, will he do this every week? I don't think so. He's obviously improved a lot, but I'm expecting him to average about 55. So picking him up now, you're chasing points a little bit with a 59, 83, and 85. I think 59 or somewhere around the, you know, if you take off the triasis, for example, then he's somewhere around the 52 mark. So I think scores in the mid-50s will be cool. He'll probably hold price. He doesn't pay origin, so he's obviously going to be a great buy. Um, I'm going to tell you not to get him because I want him to stay as a pod, but reverse psychology it, and you can um, potentially pick him up there. But he just does everything across the park. If you, the, the, the thoughts preseason was that he'd add some attacking stats, which he didn't have last year, third-year player. He's done that so far, and he'll continue to do that. Another guy that I wouldn't say is a screaming buy. You know, people ask, oh, is Kurt Man a must-have? He's not. He's at 572K. He's averaging 50. He's got a bit more cash to make for sure. Half mid-jewel. Got 80 minutes on the weekend. So if he continues to get that, he'll, he'll clearly average 50. If he gets closer to the 60 minutes, then there'll be a 45-point you know, game in there and stuff like that. So we're not exactly sure if he's going to get 80 minutes going forward You because know, Randall played 80 as well last week. There's been a lot happening in their squad. So once we get a real normal week, once they get all their forwards back, we'll know exactly what's going to be happening with him. But I think if you own him, you're holding him. If you don't own him, he's not a must-buy because he's gained a fair bit of cash at the moment. Uh, there's probably other guys. I'd, you know, There's other cheaper guys that you can pick up that's going to make some more money than what Kurt would and score just below or similar, uh, which will be able to get you closer to like a Cleary, for example. So Kurt, man, great option, but not a must-have. Isaiah Papali'i. I just want to speak about him. A few, people, a few more people are asking about him. I'm starting to speak about him more. He's someone that, you know, getting closer to origin, I think is a, definitely a, a really important option for anyone's side. We thought he'd lose a fair bit of, uh, fair bit of cash, or not a fair bit of cash, a little bit of cash. I didn't th- just didn't think he'd be able to average 62 for the year, maybe about the 55 mark. But you're saying that, like, the tackle bust that he's getting, still missing a bunch of tackles and stuff, but, you know, offloading, making big run meters and big tackle counts is, is showing that he can... Yeah, you know, even in even in a sixty-five minute effort, he can get fifty-six. And when he plays eighty, you're very clearly around that fifty-five to sixty with some upside if he can potentially get a line break or a try. So he hasn't even scored any tries yet, and still averaging sixty-two, which shows that he's going to be super important. That dual position, the price is really high, obviously, but he he's very similar to the Murray mold where he's just going to get great points every week, 
and he's someone that if you wanted to, if you're already out for clearing, you're looking for a mid or an edge gun, then Ice Paps, Isaiah Papali'i, would uh, would be a good option for you to pick up in your side. Just wanted to you know, mention that over the last, obviously, year and, and four games now, he's been super consistent and he'll, he will continue to do that. He's a very much a, voc- a focal point for the Eels attack and and, and just you know, is a big worker workhorse as well. Won't play Origin, so another great option similar to that of Dylan Brown. Andrew Davies, another small-time buy. Break-even of fives, 275K. Looks like Schuster's probably going to be somewhere around the round seven to eight could be the question. So if you bring in Davy, it's probably a couple, two to three round option at 275. You know, you'd probably go Gula over over Davy, I think, just for the you know 55k cheaper. The 37 that he got on the weekend with 80 minutes was solid. I think there's definitely some more upside on that. You know, he'll make a bit of cash over the next few weeks, but I just want to put him in there as a potential buy, but closer to just a hold over the next few weeks. I'm personally not going to go for him, so take that as you will. But yeah, Davey's gonna he's gonna do okay for sure. All right, we hold, get to the hold section now, guys. And Kelma Tuolangi is someone that I think is definitely a hold, just for the fact that the break even's low. He has had a little bit of an unlucky start. He got fifty one minutes in a bit of an average game against the Knights when they got you know beat up. He got the Titans game where he was pumping it. He was twenty five uh, points through that you know, through that half. He had three missed tackles, unfortunately, and a penalty conceded. So neg- yeah, negative eight. And his work ethic was great with the 25 tackles. So if he can get somewhere close to the 80 minutes, whether it be 70, 65, even, even if he could get the 80, I'm expecting some scores around the 40 mark for him. And I think that's pretty fair to expect out of Kelmer that he'll be able to get somewhere near that mark and, and make us some cash. Like he's still owned by a very high percent, like 17% overall, but in the top 5,000, 68% of coaches and 58 out of the top 100. So if, you, if he continues to make money, I think he missed out a little bit. I can see him getting to about the 450K mark. So there's 120K in there. You know, he's not someone that's taking up too much cap with what he's, you know, unfortunately with what's happening with him. He's obviously not performing incredibly well in terms of the scores. But to the eye, he's he's clearly their best player apart from Jackson Hastings. So, uh, you know, and, and Lucy Leilor, for example. So I think that you can definitely hold him. There's other guys you could trade out. In that mid range, for example, that I think you know Jack Birds and stuff, which we'll speak about. Um, you got Hemiso, you got Tom Tuivasa. There's a lot of other guys to, to remove. Bully Moore, if you haven't done so yet, before I'd get rid of Tui. All right, so we move to Walters, and I don't think he's a screaming buy this week either. We got 24% of people own him, 52 in the top 100, 52 in the top 5,000. I just think that after what we saw last week, he can, he played 60 minutes in the in the six role, and we just need to see what happens next to Reynolds. How is he going to play? Is he going to be is he going to score closer to what he did in you know, the 55 in, in round one? He obviously didn't kick at all last round, which obviously wouldn't have been the game plan anyway. But 120 kick meters in the first one was you know what you'd expect next to Kelly. Even though Kelly had big kick meters that game, next to Reynolds, I, I doubt that Walters is going to kick much at all unless they game plan slightly different this week with him you know, getting that exact starting role. I'll, I'll, have a, I'll, I'll have a chat in my next video about potential guys yeah, a lot of people asking me about who do I play in my in my reserve in my bench and my reserves this week so I'll, I'll make a, a, a video around that um, and explain that further but I just don't think that Walters is a buy there's a chance that he could get you know 25 every week there's a chance that he can get 40 and I just think if he there's too much of a risk for him to get 25 a week with a break even at 27 for him to be a buy this week and you know he's not gonna if he does well right He's going to get the team. He's going to be in the team for a while, and you could potentially buy him at three hundred and fifty next week. Even if he gets a 30, 35, he's only going to be a little bit above where he's at now. So I think you can hold off and don't worry about um, 
you know, bring him in. And if you own him, he's definitely a hold. So that's that with Walters. Matty Burton, I think, is definitely a hold as well. The news of Kyle Flanagan coming into the side at number seven poses a little bit of a risk to some of his kick meters, for example. And they obviously come up against a, a couple of strong teams. We've got the Penrith Panthers, we've got the Bunnies and, and the Roosters in the next three or four. Obviously, Broncos in there. I can understand. If you want to move him to Cleary, I can understand it. Yeah, Cleary comes up against the Dogs and could get 100 this week, whereas Burton, you'd probably be expecting against Panthers somewhere around the 40 mark again. So I can understand that he's only had that one good game, and that was against the Broncos in a pretty tight tussle where he did get the line break and the line break assist and, and you know a lot more running metres. So if you look at the games against the better teams, he's got 50 and 58 metres. So will he? Will that continue? I think there's a decent chance that it will. And, and if you... Let's, let's play it this way. If you've only used like three trades this way, uh, so far, if you're at 29 and you wanted to go him to Cleary and, and downgrade someone else, then I think that's okay. But if you if you used a bunch of trades, and I think wasting a trade on Burton now, when you're going to want him, come closer to origin, he's not going to play the origin period. And then he's got you know Broncos in, in three weeks. He's got Canberra. He's got a Tigers, a Dragons in there as well. Penrith over the origin period and Para. That'd be right. So we've got round 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. So yeah, Penrith in that first buy, if they're playing. I'm not, I can't remember exactly. Um, we'll check that. But power in that period as well. You've got Tigers in there as well. Um, so I think that you're going to want him eventually. The team's going to get better. Uh, do you want to move him on now? That's going to be the question. Up to you. He's going to be a gun. Like he's going to be a, a keeper in the, in the centers. He's averaging 44.8 and hasn't lost any money. So that's that. Jai Arrow, another guy people are speaking about potentially moving on, and I can understand why. I think over the next bunch of weeks, he's probably one to move on, but 59% of teams own him in the top 100. Will that be less this week? I'd say in the next few weeks it would be. He's averaging 50 bug guys. Like, he's made a fair bit of cash already. 64 in round one, a 45, a 50, and a 41. So obviously the big minutes in those first two was, you know, obviously better to look at, to be honest, but that was playing more time on, the, on an edge. And then moving to the to the middle, and then since then the last game he, he he played his second stint in the centres, which was annoying. So I'd like for him to get back to his normal rotation where he can get back to clo- you know close to that fifty score. We'd like for him. I'd personally like for him to get over thirty tackles. He, the running's been great. Obviously less running in the centres last week, so then he can bounce back closer to a 45-50 next week or this week coming. Uh, so I don't think he's an urgent sell. The dual position's great as well. We're obviously going to move him on before Origin, but. You don't have to do that right now. I think you can wait a little bit longer with Arrow. But if again, if you're looking to get him up to Cleary or something like that, um, I just wouldn't be sideways trading him or, or I wouldn't trade an Arrow to a Kobe Hetherington or something. At this point, you could wait a week or two on that trade um, and see what happens because there, there's going to be injuries. You know, you could get someone else get injured and you're like, okay, I'll move them on to Kobe. I'll move them on to Gula, Gula or something like that. There's, there's some options for, for you in your sides there. Just think of that. Same with you and Aiken. He's, he's averaging 46, uh, has, has made a, a bit of cash as well, and is owned by a high percentage of teams in the top 100, top 5,000, up at 82% and 72% respectively. So a 39 break even. You're not going to start losing money on him yet. He's had zero attacking stats uh, apart from that one try, which was just a, you know, a quick put down. Yeah, five tackle breaks for him is pretty low when you look at his tackle breaks in previous seasons. You know, the back end of last year when he played second row, he had four, four, six, six in that last four game. He had a few tries, which he hasn't had at all yet, really. Uh, meters have been pretty low. So, yeah, obviously the 40, 45, and the 42 is a little bit annoying. But if you can get those tackles up 
and a, a couple of random attacking stats, then you're going to get above that 40 and up, you know, closer to the 50s and 60 marks. And if he gets a 55 next week, you're like, oh, I should have kept him. You know what I mean? He's a keeper in the centers. He's averaging higher than Burton. So I think you definitely hold him. Um, yeah, yes, he's had that one really good game, 56, but he hasn't fallen below 40, which is, you know, what you could ask for with any of any guys in the mid range, so you, they just don't get that twenty on you on you and kill you um, in there as well. So that's that there. Actually, one next one I want to talk about is Sexton, which I forgot to put in this list, but he he comes in at a six hundred nineteen k and a forty four average. So again, similar to these guys in this in this position, a forty five, a sixty one, and a forty four is nothing to sneeze at over those first three games. If you look into the next bunch, they obviously have a little bit of a tough run in Para and Manly. Cowboys will be a better one, but Penrith and also Roosters. So if the Titans continue to struggle, then he probably struggle a little bit as well. The the 25 that he got this past round, I don't think will happen again. The kick meters was down massively. So I just think it was a very random game. It was a very bad game of footy. So I think you can give him an opportunity to, to bounce back. But if you wanted to move him on to a Cleary, for example, then I can understand why. I just think he's worth a potential chance at one more. He's owned by nine of the top hundred teams, so eleven, you know, twelve percent of the top five thousand. So I think you can definitely hold off on him at this point. I spoke about Clifford as well. I'll just quickly talk about him before I move on as well. At six hundred and two k, very similar situation, but averaging forty seven and a half, and you know, he's made cash. And if you started with him, I think he's definitely a hold. He's had two average ones, obviously. But they've had, they've had a really tough run of it the last couple of games, and if they can if they start to to play a bit better, they're up against obviously the um yeah the Manly boys this week, and then they got the Dragon. So you know if you can get through to that Dragons one and he, he doesn't score well there, then I think you can potentially move him on. Um you know for Cleary or you can go you know somewhere around that point. But yeah, he scored really well in the first two games. He did have two tries in that, so just be aware of that. Yeah, the probably scores around the fifty five and the forty eight. You know, sorry, a bit less forty five maybe. Uh, so 36 and 37, that's with a bunch of missed tackles last game. No attacking stats, no goals last game. So I definitely think there's some room for improvement if he runs the ball a little bit more and gets you know more involved like he was in the preseason and also those first couple of games. So I think that he's worth a hold at 602K, 44 break even. You're not really going to lose money on him. Has that a potential upside? I think you can hold Cliff. All right, Fafita, he's on the edge of hold or sell for me. A 65 break even, we know what he can do, right? Let's look at 2021. He hasn't scored any tries yet, so if he can just bust out a trial or two, then he has a 90 in him, he has a 100 in him. He has a couple there last year, a bunch of 70s, 100 at the end of the year. So he, if he can, you know, if you hold on to him and he gets an 80, you're laughing, right? He gets a 90, 100. Yeah, you, you jump ahead a lot of teams, right? In the top 5,000, there's 12.7 that have him. So that's what, yeah, of course, about 700, 700 teams have him, right? In the, in the top 5,000, for example, so... If you if he does well, you're gonna you're gonna dominate as uh, also. But you know if you look at his scores, 42, 44, 47, 51. It's not like if he if he scores somewhere in there, it's not like he kills you. You know if he, it's not like he's getting a twenty, and he's really hemorrhaging cash and he's and he's you know, absolutely smashing your team. Like I own Reed for example, and I'm still you know ranked eleven hundred. So if you're getting other things right in your team, it, it's almost worth giving Fafita another crack. If you have trades or guys that you think that so you put it this way, if you've got two guys, right, you've got, if you're looking to get rid of an Arrow and a Fafita, or a Jack Bird and a Fafita, let's go Jack Bird and Fafita, because I think Bird's more of a sell. Bird has less upside, right? So if, if, they, if you, don't, you can only trade one this week, I'd move Bird on, unless you need, you know, completely need the extra cash, for example, 160K. 
I'd move Bird on first because for yeah, you'd hold that for feet of, for, for you could hold for feet of one more week, and if he gets forty odd, he doesn't kill you. Bird can get thirty five, right? Um, you know, similar to my situation with Bird and Reed last week. Reed could go nuts, but Fafita has more chance of going bananas and, and scoring you really well. So then you can hold him for that week and potentially move Bird on first. And then if Fafita goes bad again, you lose 15, 20K, whatever it is, and then you can move him on as well. So that's my theory with Fafita. He hasn't gone well so far. Coming up against a decent team, he has to have a game where he scores a try, doesn't he? Like he I feel like he'd be itching, itching you know, white, white line fever for Fafita for there. So... That's that with him. We've got four more to go. So we're going to move on to the, the clear cells now. And Reed's lost 80K now. He's still owned by a decent percentage of people, 8% of the top 5,000. But it's time for him to go. He just, you know, he scored, two, he scored two tries now and he's got a high score of 51. The tackles aren't completely there and four missed tackles a game is not good enough. Run meters aren't there. He's kicked a 40-20 last week and still get 44 with 40 tackles. It's just, yeah, just not up to scratch. He's just not playing as well fantasy-wise as he was at the back end of last year. They're probably using him a little bit more like they did Cook last year with the Rabbitohs getting the halves early ball, which they're both playing really well. You've got Nathan Brown as a bit of a distributor and running the ball through the middle. You've got Isaiah Papali. You've got Sean Lane or Madison on the edges. They've got a lot of talent, so he's just distributing nicely. He's passing the ball out in front. He's been doing really well as a hooker, but in fantasy, he's just not good enough. And at that price point, you can do better at, at this stage. So he's a trade. I'm trading him out this week. There's a bunch of cheaper options. You could use him to go up to Cleary. There's a few things to do, but um, just based on what your team needs and go from there. Jack Bird, I spoke him out. I think he's just, you know, 42.5. You're holding Aitken. You're holding Arrow. You're holding Burton over Jack Bird, I think. A little bit cheaper price, but just, you know, had he scored three tries and he hasn't scored over 47. That's a sell. Not good enough. There's going to be games where he doesn't score tries and he's going to get a 28. He's going to get a 35. He's just missing too many tackles. The last two weeks especially, a five and an eight. The run meters aren't anywhere near where they need to be. Tackles aren't super high. He's never been that type of player, so just annoying. Yeah, I think it's time. Use him, downgrade him, upgrade him, get closer to Cleary, get a get a cheapie that's making money. I think it's time to move on from Jack Bird. All right, last two are injury guys. So Hamiso, 455k, use his money. You know, obviously, most people don't have wing fullback cover, so trade him down to a Gula, move him up to one of the guns, a Paps, a... You know, Hines, if you don't have him, God forbid you don't have him. Um, yeah, you got Teddy, you got those kind of guys there. I think are, are good options. You know, Taylor May, if you if you don't need the cover at this point and might need it eventually, they're, they're all guys to go for. Um, he's just too expensive and out for too long, unfortunately, and, and not going to be a gun anyway. And then Trevojevic, unfortunately, four to some four to eight weeks he'll be out for. Unfortunately, he lost a lot of money, but just move him on. Unfortunately, yeah, it looks like miss. Yeah, you know, that was twenty twenty. Tommy Turbo will miss eight weeks. It might be again two years later. So not scoring well enough. Move him on to Cleary. Move him on to one of the gun fullbacks. I think that's fine. Actually, the other one to speak about, which we forgot to add in this video, is going to be Kalen Ponga at 572k. I think this, you know, it's a very tough one. I think if you hold on to him, a 62 break even, if he scores somewhere in the 20s or 30s, then that could be scary. He obviously got a 50 in round one, and we know what he can do, you know, when he plays 80 minutes, he generally scores 40-plus as a bit of a base and offsets six this uh, this last week was not good enough. You know, a bunch of a bunch of errors there. The missed tackles wasn't really happening for him. Didn't run the ball enough. So he'll obviously improve. They've got a few tough games coming up. If you, if you don't like having him in there, if you haven't got like a Paps or a, a Heinz or a Teddy or something like that, then you can move him on for that. If not, you can downgrade it. You know, if you want to go him to, to Gula, 
and then up to Cleary or something, then you can do that as well. But anyway, guys, that's enough for this video, a nice long one. Hope you enjoyed it. I hope it answered the majority of your questions around the buy holds and the sells. And you know, if you have any other questions, please check the uh, other videos that I've popped out first. I should have answered the majority of them. Uh, as I said, in my next video, I'm going to pop in who you should be playing in your in your 17, that, that sort of thir- uh, that 14 to, to 20, and, and uh, sorry, the 14 to 21, and how you can manipulate that and, and score really well or you know pick that. But a lot of times it's going to be matchup based. I'm personally not too great at picking that, so I'm, I'm good at selecting a guy across the whole season, but that daily, you know, the one game stuff is very hit and miss. It, you know, it's all, a lot of it's around luck. So that's that, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. We will catch you in the next video. Have a great day. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 